Now broadcasting live on Ustream or direct to your portable device. From Martin Road Studios, BaggedAndBoard.com presents the Bagged and Boardcast. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. Drink my beer, it's good. It doesn't work if you're not wearing a mariachi suit. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is crazy. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast, episode number 238. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out December 3rd, 2014. Mm. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you our uh, November look back. We're going to take a look at some of the issue number ones that came out. During the month of November, from over at DC Comics, we have Supergirl, number 36, uh, Gotham After Midnight, number one, One Woman, number 36, and from over at Marvel, Spider-Verse, number one. Mm. Ooh. And as we start uh, any show, it's with a beer. Paul's not... You seem seem super enthused about yours. Uh, Well, uh... I'm not really, because I brought really good beer, but Paul got drunk yesterday and is not drinking. And I'm hungover, so... So I had to open up uh, Harpoon's 100 Barrel Series Cambridge Uncommon, which is an Indian-style pale lager, which is very bitter and tart, and I'm not enjoying it. Does it taste... Acridy? Like, does it taste like a little bit like vomit? Because that's all I taste today. A little bit. A little I actually bit. ate an apple today, thinking, oh, get something in my stomach, something light. A half hour later, applesauce, man. Yeah, yeah. You know when you're hungover, you don't eat you don't eat apples. Why not? You have, like, toast. Yeah. You have some crackers. Uh, I'd like to have a hearty bowl of chicken noodle soup. Those that always makes me feel better when I'm hungover. all salty or really dry. I, they don't yeah. appeal to me. But those, those, that's what your belly needs, buddy. Oh, and you would stop having the dry heaves and puke and bile. Yeah. 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 I drink <laughs> water and I still throw that up, so whatever. Yeah, because you need something else in your stomach there, guy. Ah, I'm horrible. I've over this before, Paul. I know, I'm horrible at being hungover. Yeah, because you, you don't do anything right. <laughs> if it all wrong. <laughs> hey, if you have any hangover cures for Paul, let him know over at paul at bagboardcast.com. Yes. yes. Put it, on, put it up on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Chicken noodle soup, man. A lot of good noodles, all that stuff. So good for your tum-tum. Good. You know what? This is good for my tum-tum, being here on the podcast and listening to what Chris is drinking. Oh, Chris. Hey, I'm starting off the Christmas season right with a Bell's Christmas Ale. Ooh. Um, it's not the best Christmas Ale I've had, but it's definitely a passable one, something I would drink more of. Um, this is probably the third one I've had since I bought my six-pack. Last night, um, I'm enjoying it. It's it's a nice stand-in for the Southern Tier Christmas sale, which is like thirteen dollars for a six-pack here. Oof. Yeah. That is crazy because I think it's still nine ninety-nine here. So that's gonna be like one of those treat myself beers. Like after I finish off this one, wow. I might uh, I might get one of those and try to make it last throughout the holiday. But this is actually pretty good. It's got a nice little bit of spice on it. 
it doesn't taste like Christmas morning. Uh, I kind of miss that from the Great Lakes Christmas mail, Christmas ale, or the uh, Southern Tier 2X Christmas. That one I can probably find here at least. Um, I was a little let down by both of those, Southern Tiers, Chris, 2X Christmas, and um, Great Lakes. Yeah. I, I don't feel like they have that same oomph that they've had the last couple of years. Oh, that's stressing, but... Even if it's still semi-decent, it's going to be a better beer. No. It's no Mad Elf, but... <laughs> uh, two-year-old Mad Elf, too. Delicious. If you want to know about that, listen to episode 237. Yeah. Ooh, numbers. Numbers. Right. Are there any numbers, Paul, in the news that we want to yeah, talk about? number seven. Number seven? Yes. Episode seven. Released the trailer on uh, Friday. Whoa! Star Wars Episode Seven, and it's uh, gotten some some uh, talk here and there on the internet. I don't know. I don't think anybody really noticed it being yeah. released at all. I don't think anybody really talked about it. No, no, no. So that's why we're going to talk about it now. Oh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I um I had to work Black or actually I was going to say Black Friday, but I had to work Thursday night Ugh. into Friday morning. And then I got home and I slept for like four hours. Then when I woke up, my Facebook news feed was blowing up with all Star Wars teaser trailer stuff. So I watched it twice before I was like, okay, I need to get ready to go back to work. Mm. Um, and then I proceeded to then again watch it maybe like 12 more times. <laughs> Boom. I, I love the music and the behind of it. That, you know, the, the old school Star yeah. Wars tense music and then... Silence and then boom, right into the the uh, what, what the, the floor John Williams fanfare. Yeah, the fanfare, that's it. Yeah, um, a lot of teases for what we're going to be getting in this one. Uh, a lot of new stuff, but then man, as soon as that John Williams score kicks up and you see the Millennium Falcon, it's like going home again. It, mm-hmm. Well, I felt that way when I saw the X Wings. I'm like, oh, those X Wings look like X Wings. Oh, when yeah. I saw the X Wings, I was like, oh, that's really cool, but. It wasn't until the Falcon popped up that I was like, yep, Star Wars. If you haven't seen it, just go on to iTunes. Uh, no, no, you go it? over onto the Bag and Board Facebook page oh, and you can okay. watch it there. You can watch it there, but that'll send you over to the iTunes. But I, Shh, magic. Uh, because I was so afraid of posting a fake one, because those fake ones were coming out left and right on that day. And that one fake one was really good. I, like I watched which it, one, and I was going to the pick with the one with uh, Mark L. Mark, like Mark yeah, it's got, from with with the beard. beard. Yeah, because uh, I go, I don't think this is real, but it looks really good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. These scenes from video games and stuff to throw in there, and yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like uh, come on, when that when the Sith lights up his lightsaber and he's got, like, those two two things coming out of the sides and it's, like, sparkly, like, it doesn't seem like it's a solid beam. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And then the the voiceover, whoever's doing the, those sinister Sith voices, uh, sound pretty good, too. Well, is it sinister? It's... Uh, it's really garbly. It's garbly. And, yeah, yeah it, sounds, it sounds sinister. Something's been awakened. It's, Did he feel it? <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of a darker voice. Mm-hmm. I, w- I don't know if I would say sinister, but maybe I saw like a clickbait article online about like who did it, and I decided not to read it because mm-hmm. it's but clickbait. Now I'm, now I'm kind of no, too. probably won't even tell you the truth. 
It's probably Andy. I mean, Andy Serkis has got a role, and he's known for doing voices. It sounds reminiscent of any of his kind of voices. Let me see. Um, no, looks. I, I loved it though. It looks beautiful too. It looks really well done. Yeah. It looks like it, sh- like how I think the classic ones look. Yeah. yeah. Like, like before they got re-imaged and remastered and everything else, you know. Like, no, no, this is how Star Wars looks. So, uh, I wasn't a big fan of the astromech droid that was a soccer ball. It was kind of fun though. It was cute. It was cutesy, and that's why I'm like, oh, it's just kind of cutesy. And it's I don't, why I, 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 I'm like looking at it. I'm like, where's the housing for it? How's the top attached? I don't even get it. Hmm. Think too much. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't mind that droid so much. Um, it, it's like a cool, fun, bright-looking droid. It's better than the uh, Trade Federation droid yeah. uh, soldiers that we had. It's in cutesy. The, the prequels, like it's it's a R two D two type astromech droid. Like I don't I don't mind it like rolling around and like beeping. Like, <laughs> And, and that ball is going to get a lot around a lot easier than something with the tripod legs. Tripod tra- uh, trails? But remember, R2 also had the jet packs. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the one of the... I, I prefer rolling around droids to droids with Does anybody... Know the lore uh, for that is set up with the Clone Wars now with uh, the stormtroopers? No, no, well, I mean, this is all like taking place in the future, though. Right, so right. Who knows? Like, they might not even be like clones, clones anymore. Mm-hmm. They might not be stormtroopers. They might be like the new, like Galactic Alliance, like troops. Who knows? Like, yeah, they look they look pretty badass, though. Yeah, and it's not supposed to attach itself to any previous stories or history mm-hmm. that's been set up, which I think is kind of smart because they can start it all afresh with Marvel's Star Wars now. Hey, Marvel Star Wars. Disney's? Marvel Wars. Well, Disney owns it, but it's going to be on the Marvel comic books now. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, you mean, okay. Yeah. I got you. No. They can start all new comic books, all new history... Everything that happened at Dark Horse almost for the last 20 years doesn't exist. So, I mean, they get to rewrite history. <laughs> Literally rewrite the yeah. history. Rewrite the canon. Uh, we also got another trailer, which has also really got me interested for the movie. Carmen Electra Striptease. No. Oh. Jurassic World. Oh, you know what? I honestly forgot about that one, and I watched that trailer like a few times. I watched it three times now. Yeah. Uh, looks really good. <laughs> I was worried what the movie was going to be because you heard a lot of rumors. I wasn't trying to follow anything. I just wanted to check it out when it came out. And I was really surprised how interested I lo- it it looks. Yeah. Um, I, I really dug it. Uh I did read some like the internet spoiler stuff about like oh here's the plot synopsis when it was released like a couple months ago now, mm-hmm. uh, just because I was like I have no desire to see like Jurassic World like whatever, but after watching that trailer I was like okay like I can see where the stuff that was kind of released would line up and fit in with uh, what we saw in the trailer, 
And it actually looks like a good movie. Like, I like the original Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I did not like two. I saw part of three, and I was like, nope, I don't need any more of this. Um, but Jurassic World, I'll probably actually go see that in the theaters. Uh, I think the two of the takeaways I got from the trailer is, one, never go to a theme park on opening night. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, scientists get really annoyed with how big the velociraptors are in Jurassic Park movies. Because they come right out and, like, on Thanksgiving, say, no, that velociraptor would be the same size as the turkey you're now eating on Thanksgiving. Like, they're, they're like two meters tall. They're not, you know. Uh, they, they don't, gene they want to. splicing, Paul. They want to come up to your knee. Gene splicing. They would not, they would come up gene to about splicing. your knee. But don't we have their skeletons? Yeah. And scientists are like, yeah, they're, they're never that big. They've never been that big, so why? People think they're because they're more menacing. Yeah, gene splicing. I, I, I don't know when you see Chris Pratt like riding on his motorcycle, motorcycle yeah. with, like that pack of Raptors around him. That, that's a cool moment. Uh, and uh, I enjoy the you know he's got that hunter motif going on, which hopefully he'll do more than the hunter guy in the first Jurassic Park <laughs> movie. Mm-hmm. The only thing that guy did was have that awesome line of "clever girl." Yeah, I was about to say that. The only thing I really want from this movie. Is someone to say hold on to your butts, and <laughs> someone to say clever girl? Yeah, that that that's it. That's it. That's your checklist right there. Two and done. Boom. Two and done. You that's, do that. That's the Jurassic boom. World bucket list. <laughs> soon, as soon as Chris sees those or hears the, those happen, he's just like, "All right, I'm done." Gets up, walks out of the movie theater. Thank you. It's, it's only maybe, the first fifteen minutes. Maybe someone would be like, "Dotson, we got Dotson." <laughs> yeah, that's what that's I need. Another great moment. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, Jurassic Park was a great movie. <laughs> Uh, must go faster. Must go faster. Um, you, you, you see the the water. Where, where do you think it'll fall? Will it fall maybe, the path? No, it's maybe some Jeff Goldblum like seed chewing in there. That could help. Because he wasn't in three, was he? So no, he wasn't I in three. See, I want to see Michael Sarah and Jeff Goldblum just do a two person show where they're just waiting for Godot. Yeah. <laughs> Just like sitting around, just talking to each other in the most like haphazardly and awkward way possible. Uh, hmm. you, 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 you know, Michael, uh, your acting is, uh, you know, maybe greatly, you know, something like that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, you. I mean. Yeah. Oh, was that your penis? I I, I didn't need to touch. You took it to a weird place, John. Yeah. Michael Sarah would accidentally touch somebody's penis and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Any, Instead any of Michael... Other accidental penis-touching stories, there aren't any. But, hey, World of Warcraft is back <laughs> over 10 million subscribers again. Yeah, A lot of people not getting their penises, penises touched because they're online World of Warcrafting. Um, I was expecting there to be a little bit of an upswing after Warlords of Draenor or the new expansion came out to the now 10-year-old... MMO game. Um, yeah. I didn't expect that many because they were hovering around what, like seven or eight million. Yeah, something like that. Uh, they picked up over thirty-five percent of the audience again with, after all their troubles too, because uh, they you know that first week uh, a lot of people had a hard time logging on in, and actually getting in the queue, and the queues were really long. But yeah, yeah. they're right they, back up. They did fix those issues. Um, they are giving free playtime to all the people that were affected. By uh, 
mm-hmm. the DDoS attacks that weren't able to actually queue up or join the games. Um, really working out for them, I guess, because, hey, they gained, what do you say, like 35% of their subscriber base? Yeah, back? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's from the story I read over at uh, like Ars Technica. And this past weekend, they were selling uh, World of Warcraft for four ninety nine on the Blizzard store. And when I say World of Warcraft, I mean if you buy that, they're basically giving you everything now. Oh wow! Up to Warlords of Rainer. So for that five bucks, you're getting the original game, uh, Burning Crusade, Breath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, and Mists of Pandaria. Oh, for four ninety nine. So then you have to go out and buy the new expansion. Okay. That well, it, I mean, you don't need that new expansion, but if you want access to uh, the next ten levels and the new areas, you will need to mm-hmm. get but that too. But you can wait. You got eighty hours of playtime right there without needing to. And you know, depending on how many different characters you run before you hit the level cap, anyways. Yeah, I mean, there's more than enough stuff there to keep you occupied forever. Mm-hmm. The rest is just gravy. 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 So, I, like, I've been actually uh, really intrigued by uh, getting back into it at some point. If I can uh, either get a new computer or upgrade my old one to mm-hmm. play it, because I've been loving Diablo three. I've been playing that nonstop still, and all the stuff I've been seeing about World of Warcraft and just how much it's changed with the new expansions kind of got me itching mm-hmm. to check on my characters. And again. That's how they do it. I know, and that's that's what's getting those like two, three million people back in. Uh, subscribing what you know four dollars and 99 cents a great deal you know for the black friday holiday you know who had an even better deal for black friday i'm, I'm guessing steam because you probably bought like 12 games that you're never gonna play no <laughs> i didn't buy but paul did you buy anything for the steam sale this year i didn't buy any steam sales but i did go on ea origins and get ready for my pc to have it on pc uh i got uh uh what is it dragon h2 Oh, for did you play Dragon Age 2 when it came out? Or Yeah, yeah, I have it on Xbox 360. I just don't have it on PC, and I'm going to get uh, Inquisition for the okay, PC. Okay, so you want to be able to have your stuff carried yeah, over. Yeah, without going through the whole, uh, what is it, Legacy? or Yeah, like the little mini game almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do that. Well, I'll do that like for different playthroughs, like uh, just to see how it is. Because you, you have to play everything. Yeah, in a row. Yeah. Consistently on the same system, if I can. Yeah, yeah, we know. Mm-hmm. So, it what is. was that space game you liked with the the ships Mass Effect. and the stars? Mass Effect. And they battled. Uh, X Wing. No, I think it was Mass, Mass Effect. Effect. Mass Effect. <laughs> was it Mass Effect, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe it may have been Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't quote me though. But uh, Cards Against Humanity developer. Uh, sardonic, uh, sardonic card game, Sar- or sardonic, sardonic cards, uh, on Black Friday said, "Hey, to help you experience the ultimate savings on cards against humanity this Black Friday, we've removed the game from our store, making it impossible to purchase. And instead, they put up one item on their online store, and it was called Bullshit by Cards Against Humanity, and it literally had feces in it." From an actual bull. Fertilize your garden. Adorn a festive tree. Or surprise a loved one with a gift to poop. Six dollars. Sold out within a half hour. That's crazy. An actual bull. 
Let's say let's say you read it. An actual bull. Yeah, I was giving the story some life. I know. I didn't want it to stink. No. Uh, let's. Are they actually allowed to send that like through? I have no idea. Uh, I don't think so. I think well, manure is manure, and you know manure you is that. manure. You're right. You Just like a Batman manure. story is a Batman story. Manure well, is it's manure. Also commonly used in like explosives. So if I, I don't can't think it's send, like any kind of liquid or batteries through the mail. How can yeah, I don't think you can send food? shit in the mail. Um. Uh, cow manure, Garrick, uh, I can buy, uh, 40 pounds of it right now <laughs> off of, uh, Google. So I think you can sell dehydrated, uh, cow manure. Maybe it so has to be dehydrated. Wait, wait, how much do know. they charge for 40 pounds of it, Paul? Uh, 40 pounds? $17.99. Wow. And how much was, uh, $6.99 for a little box? Little box oh, of it. Fifty pounds I'm seeing right here. I, I think we're in the we're in the wrong business, guys. <laughs> Five ninety five. So there you go. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know the laws surrounding uh, shipping of cow manure, but uh, they sold it. They sold out. It'd be funny if it was just like full of chocolate or something. Oh, shit. <laughs> you sh- I would suggest you buying it and then tasting it hmm, to see hmm, it. But, yeah. Unfortunately, sold out. Sold, sold out. You know what I was doing Black Friday? I wasn't shopping and I wasn't buying anything online. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Uh, but I was reading news about uh, the Justice League Dark movie that Guillermo del Toro wanted to make. Uh, he's officially turned in the script to Warner Brothers. Uh, it's called Dark Universe. Um, not a lot else is known about which characters are going to be in there. Mm-hmm. He did say the characters he would like to have used a while ago, Swamp Thing being one of them. Um, so we've got that to look forward to. I know that after Pacific Rim, they kind of were like, hey, yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, so hopefully we can see a Justice League Dark movie soon. Oh. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out with... Uh one of the key characters in Justice League are John Constantine already being on TV. Yeah. Um, they're only getting a 13-episode run. Okay. Um, NBC has not canceled it. Um, we have a lot of 13-episode shows out there right now. Hannibal was one of them. Um, the following, both seasons of that. Um, Sleepy Hollow. So it might just be one of those things to say, hey, we'll just do 13. Mm-hmm. Next fall, we'll do another 13. Um, I think it'll it'll work better for Constantine doing a thirteen instead I, of dragging it out with the Monster of the Week stuff. I think, I so, think so. I think so too. Um, the other thing is is producers have said if NBC doesn't pick it up, we're going to take it elsewhere. You know, we'll find a place for it because they believe in the show, and the show isn't doing well. The ratings keep going up week by week. So um, they had initial. A huge uh, first issue or first episode mm-hmm. um, against the World Series, by the way, on Halloween, uh, and then um, they kind of dropped down, but they were still in a good spot for their time slot. And every week they've been going up and up and up. So I don't think the show's dead. I think if NBC's smart, put it on Netflix, get people watching it on Netflix, get people watching it. 
on the different areas that they watch things, and uh, it'll have it'll build a more following. It's a it's a decent show. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I I liked it. I haven't kept up on it, um, but that's just because I've been busy with work. Because working retail this time of year kind of sucks. Yep. I haven't even watched the last episode of Agents of Shield, which I love. So mm, Agents that, of Shield's back up on first season, back up on Netflix. That's all catching I up. Get into. Yeah, catching up. Well, you know, Netflix, they do some odd things. Mm-hmm. Like they should put that out a month and a half before the new series, series starts, so people can catch up to start watching the new series. Mm-hmm. Instead, they put it on after the show starts. So if you want to watch yeah. 22 episodes, you need to watch them in, in like, five weeks because after that fifth episode airs, they take away the first episode. On the ABC.com? On Hulu, on yeah. ABC.com, on the, um, you know, on demand, mm. which is silly. Like, why wouldn't you want that out before it happens so people will watch it to get into it? That happened with me with um, Blacklist. When Blacklist came up on um, Netflix, mm-hmm. I started watching the series. Really, really liked the series. And they put it out in enough time for me to have watched that series to then start watching season two live. Because they still don't... I think a lot of the uh, TV executives still don't see uh, television shows as serialized storytelling in such the way that you have to watch one then two and then three they're like no you, no you, you turn on family matters steve urkel does a funny thing says did i do that and it's over you know that's what it is like that's t- tv folks so it doesn't matter yeah family matters basically wrote the book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> executives look for in tv shows yeah. now yeah it's true. Uh, Stefan Urkel, uh, <laughs> TV executive. Yeah, but I, I think it's one of those things where they don't really view the need uh, as being really there. You know, that it's still just Monster of the Week kind of stuff, and people can jump in at any time and start watching these shows. Or they could have the numbers saying, you know what? We have the diehard fans that are going to watch it as soon as it comes out week to week. Where we need to have an improvement of numbers is when they go on hiatus for the like December hiatus, you know, that lull where they for four weeks straight they just do reruns. We pick up those people on Netflix and Hulu and everything during those rerun weeks to keep our number, you know, the yeah. numbers kind of there. I don't know if that's true. I have n- but no way of knowing. You that. would think they, you know, they're following formula, mm-hmm. and the times that things break formula are like when Family Guy goes into reruns on TBS or goes on the Netflix and people are watching them so much and DVD sales, people are watching them so much that they bring the show back and it's the biggest success hmm. in cartoon history. Next. Are you just making that up? Yeah. Okay. But it is. Next I mean, it was so, so, so huge that they were able to spawn three other series out of that. Um, I think Cleveland show is canceled, but American Dad's still going on. Hmm. Family Guy is still huge. I don't watch Simpsons is almost on for 30 years, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So I think they hold all the records. Yeah. Any cartoon record, I would, you know, if it was a like a pub trivia question, which cartoon? Simpsons. Just. No. If you have no idea, I would just guess The Simpsons every time. Mm, no. Uh, but, you know, we don't watch cartoons here. We read comic books. This is true. And Was this a segue? This is a segue. Oh, into the li- Chris. Hey, it's a segue. 
Say we take a drink. And we <laughs> and we buy those books every week. This week we'll be buying comic books coming out uh what day? December third. December third. Oh, it's already December. I know, right? Get that holiday spirit going. And uh how are you going to get that holiday spirit going, John, with some sort of weird indie book about a killer? Uh, yes, dead. but not an indie book. This is going to be coming out from DC Comics. Oh. This is Wolf Moon number one. Uh, it is a six-part series. This is coming from Colin Bunn and uh, Jeremy Hahn on art and uh, Ja Lee on covers. Colin Bunn, that's a name that I should remember because he wrote Six Gun? Yes. Okay. And lots of other things going on right now. Uh, we've read lots of number ones from him um, recently, Sinestro being one of them. Oh. Um, and this is a story of uh, a man whose family is killed by a werewolf, and he goes out on the hunt after it. But to his chagrin, his chagrin, he might be coming more of a monster trying to hunt the monster down. So the old Frankenstein story, mm, perhaps. But with wolves. Oh. So I, I imagine there's a lot more hair. Yeah. All there. What? Nothing. You were going to say something, but you cracked yourself up too much to say it. No, I was You were like, well? And then I stopped because it was so stupid. And I, <laughs> oh, come on. I, I laughed at myself. I want to hear it. No. Will you tell me off the show? Sure. Okay. Can you tell me off the show? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyways, Chris, what book are you looking forward to? Uh, I am actually well, before he gets in that, Paul, what book are you looking oh. forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to Secret Six. Hey, so am I. Number one, written by uh, Gail Simone. And they're bringing Dale Eaglesham back to do the cover. Nice. But not He's to not do the interiors. artwork. No, it's Ken Lashley. Okay. Uh, so we're going to get the six, the Secret Six. Six strangers are brought together under a mysterious circumstances for an explosive first issue that will leave everybody asking, what is the secret? So there we go. It's Gail Simone re- returning to a team for the first time in the New 52. Um, I really like that initial run, you know, with, uh, was it? It was a tie into uh, into the lead up for Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Yep, Villains United. Villains United, Villains United was really good. so good. And the first two arcs of mm-hmm. Secret Six. I love the whole thing that there's an actual get out of hell, hell free card that everybody, was, all these villains were fighting over. That was cool. Cool uh, concept. And I enjoyed, like, when they brought in the Mad Hatter mm-hmm. to be their sixth member, and then <laughs> and then they dropped him off a cliff. Yeah. You know? It, oh, that's, that's, that's like the old Suicide Squad days where you would have this villain, and they would bring in a villain just to kill off within that first issue. No. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to this book. Um, I think it's, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun like the previous books. And uh, definitely want to check it out. Chris. Yeah. Now you should tell us what you're... Well, I'm uh, looking forward to the book that... Oh, you guys already went. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the book that I'm looking forward to, which is going to be Green Lantern number 37. Uh, this is written by Robert Venditti with art by Francis Portella. Uh, this is the first part of Act 3 of the Godhead crossover. Uh, I, I've really been enjoying this. Um, it's gotten me to pick up the Green Lantern books that I haven't been reading for a while now, like maybe a year, year and a half. And I'm I'm digging dipping back into this. Uh, it makes me happy. In this one, we're seeing uh, Hal Jordan's going after Black Hand, not because he's a villain, but because he might be the key to actually helping to beat the new gods hmm. um, who are after the 
life equation, which spoilers in the last issue uh, they got their hands on. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm digging it. I know uh, I've we been... read the first part of this for the look back last month. No, two months ago now. Yeah, it was uh, wordy. Have you been checking it out? Uh, I've been downloading them all. I have not been reading them. Um, I've been downloading, like, I've been buying my books, and on occasion, I have not been reading them. I've been very busy as of hey, late. I, mm-hmm. I completely understand that. And then, um, I've talked my girlfriend into reading comic books. So, so wait, you so, didn't have time to read comic books? Uh, yeah, but it turns out she has to use my tablet to read my comic books. Um, so sometimes I have to read them on my phone, and then I'm like, I have a fucking tablet, I should be reading this on that. But she read them on her phone. She is uh, loving uh, Saga, though. Oh, there you go. Saga's great. Saga is great. I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, because it's great. I'm surprised, I'm surprised you didn't. But mm-hmm. we've talked about that right. before. Mm-hmm. What we haven't talked about, uh, uh, next beer, Chris? Yeah, let's uh, take a pausey pause so I can go get another one. All right. And uh, did you open that new beer, Chris? I did, and this is actually a beer that I had a couple weeks ago on the show. This is the New Holland Cabin Fever Brown Ale. Um, I've decided I really, really like this. Mm. Um, so this was going to be one of the beers that I sent in my box to you guys. Thank you. Uh, when I send you the uh, uh, other beers that I got for you. Because, you know what, it's, it's a really good brown. That's good to know, and uh, I'm actually drinking a beer that we had when you were here, live in the studio with us, and this is Pilgrim's Dole, the wheat wine ale aged in bourbon barrels. I'm honestly surprised that uh, lasted that long. Yeah, well, I felt bad not drinking it without like splitting it with Paul, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul, I think he was very gentlemanly and not drink yeah. them. Um, but I kind of said fuck you to Paul because he got drunk yesterday and I can't have this rum-aged pumpkin uh, that I've been looking forward to for days now. Uh, I'm sorry, John. And uh, I said I'm going to drink this, and I did, and it is delicious. I think like sitting – we had a lot to drink that yes, day. Yes, we did. So I might not fully remember how great this beer was, mm-hmm. but sitting for you know the a month, month – in the bottle in a slightly warmer room than usually we keep our beer has uh, really opened it up. It's really delicious. Nice. I'm, I'm jealous that you have that still. Mm. I may have to go on the hunt for some. But you won't have to go on a hunt. We have a bottle of pumpkin for you. Yay! Or I'm made. very much looking forward to that. Yes. And you know what else I'm looking forward to? What's that, buddy? A dramatic reading. And this is a dramatic reading. From Saga, 15, page 22, panel 1. Now, stand on the bad man's neck until he stops moving. And that was a dramatic reading of Saga, number 15. Very well done, Paul. Thank you. You know, job, I, I, I always, I, I wish uh, somebody would call me and offer me a voiceover gig. That would be well, awesome. You might, you might be able to uh, expect a call within the, the next coming weeks for our new Christmas special. Oh yes, oh. Uh, I and, think 
for those of you listening at home, if you want to see the panel that Paul is reading, you can check that out over on the show notes for uh, episode 238 over at bagboard.com. Or also, if you uh, go, we're one of the few people that went to bagboardcast.com to pick up our webs- our uh, podcasts. Uh, we have merged all our websites. All our internet webs are, are becoming are becoming more dense, more condensed. And it's like, good. It's good. I like it. It's good. You really know why? Good. Because it looks, it looks smooth. Now on iTunes, you don't need to download just the last ten episodes. You can get like all of our old ep- uh, last episodes. It's nice. It's yeah. nice to know we can go back there. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. And you, we can go home again. We just need to, to not lose the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which has happened. It does happen. <laughs> but it doesn't happen that often. And uh, we got a little some bumpers there. Uh, some little ad space. You can click on them. Some of them give you twenty uh, percent off, and we get a little from the back end. Uh, yeah. Help buy our comic books or beer. Uh, be a little producer. Yeah. So next time you got some free time, go online, uh, bangboard.com. Check out those advertisements. We got one up right now for Superhero Den. Go over there, get twenty percent off. Give us a little bit of extra scratch. It's stuff you know you're going to be buying anyways. So yeah. Might as well get it. There's some cool T-shirts on there, and then there's some not so cool T-shirts. Uh, you be the judge. You be the judge. You you pick the cool shirt you want to wear. Yeah, and no matter what, if you bought it, listener, you just made it cool. Yeah. And you know what we make cool? Comic books. Comic books. That we review monthly, uh, look back. Paul, do it. You, this is a Paul-heavy month. I was going to say, this is this is Paul's month. This wow. is Paul's this is month. Paul, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very happy with my indie books that I picked this month, so I was like, I'm not even going to bother making people... Read them. Okay. Wow. And Paul read them anyways. <laughs> He's a trooper, that Paul. Um. And yeah. I'm. Let's let's start with the weakest, huh? Uh, yeah. Let's start with Supergirl. I, th- oh, I see. I. I see. I I'm think gonna, Supergirl. I'm dispute that, but okay. okay let, let's start with Supergirl. You know, I and I think this was the weakest. In, in the age of DC having all teen heroes go to school, uh, this is Supergirl number thirty-six, correct? Uh, new writers. Take uh, is on, and John's frantically paging through, uh, because of course I'm not signed in. To I was just scrolling through oh. it. Okay. Uh, Do what you want me to get to the front so yes, you can uh, know who's doing it? Yeah, the writer, creative team. That would be nice. I thought that's what you were doing. Nope. Okay. Kay Perkins and Mike Johnson writing, and uh, Emanuela Luca Piccinini. Yo. Nice. Then uh, this is part one of the Crucible. And this is Supergirl coming back from being a Red Lantern, uh, picking up a day job at a coffee shop, and uh, trying to lead a normal life until a bearded Clark Kent arrives and says, Kara, what are you doing? Like, we're not, you're not ready to be part of this world yet. You don't have your powers under control. Like... And she's like, who are you to tell me anything? You just became a doomsday monster and started killing things. And he's like, yeah, I'm sad, Clark, with glasses and and beard. I'm going to just go away now. And then, That's uh, exactly <laughs> what happened, too. A lot of sea Paul, action Paul comics, 34 and, like and 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of see this, see that. So it's not a, it doesn't, it felt like it should have been a good jumping on point, but they, like the first half of this is marred down with see this, see that. And then we get the weird uh, aliens, and uh, she 
goes through the start of the crucible, which is her being tested to see if she can even be part of it. And they were testing my patience by having her in a Krypton armor suit and being like, uh, you know, I just hate the new 52, like, Kryptonian armor and crazy, like... Let's well, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Vector Superman, too. Yeah, like the visor. The visor, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's let's just make things more design-heavy, just because... And just, I don't know. And Go ahead, Chris. Uh, um, okay. Th- thanks for throwing it over to me, because uh, Supergirl's one of those summarized. books, every time I check it out, I'm always like, oh, you know what, this, this is something that I wouldn't mind reading more of. Mm-hmm. And with this one, it kind of made me feel that way about the whole Superman line, because I don't read any of that stuff. But reading this made me want to see what happened to Superman. Like, wanted to see what happened with the Doomsday Virus. I want to find out what's going on with Superboy. Especially after reading uh, the, the Superboy story in The Secret Origins. Oh, okay. Because I, I saw you had picked that up, so I mm-hmm. checked that one out, too. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, Supergirl's that book that's always kind of on the cusp of my attention. And this one put it on there a little bit more. So the fact that you call this, like, the weakest one kind of made me be like, it's not a knockout book, but yeah. there was enough here to not just catch my attention, but kind of keep it. Like, I don't care about the Crucible Academy at all, yeah. but I liked seeing Kara in this role. I love the artwork in it. Like The art is... This, I do enjoy the art. The art really pops in it. And, Paul, you don't like that costume, like the Crystalian uh-huh. armor thing, but I think it's done really well. Like, it might not be to your taste, but... right. It looks nice. Yeah, um, it's not. Some, they did it well. It's well designed. You know, like well, the layout is all kind of like classic comic book layouts. There's nothing that I thought re- you know really blew my mind. The character designs, you know, other than that one costume is good. I like how alien the aliens look. You got a monster yeah. looking creature. You got you know a couple of humanoids. I like the coloring in it too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I really dug this, and now that I'm going back like flipping through it again there's like just stuff catching my attention and like when she's being tested by that other guy and he's like hey i'm, I'm here, here to, to test you next like try to catch me like keep up mm-hmm. watch out like it's but it's is fun. this is this the thing about supergirl is to actually have her interesting in a comic book you need a team around her because we've know. we've actually done we did Supergirl number one back when New 52 started. Yep. Then we read the relaunch of the old 52 Supergirl. Yeah, before that. Yeah. Well before that. And again, it was kind of like, I, I just don't, I don't care about this character. Mm-hmm. And nothing can get me interested. I didn't mind this issue, but I had so little attached to it that I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really care. And unlike, like, Gotham by Midnight, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't read anything going into it. We'll and that. and that one was something that caught me a little more than than this did. I don't know, I'll say consistently, like, anytime I pick up a Supergirl book or Superboy, it always makes me be like, man, this seems like a book that I should have been reading. And if I was back in my, like, crazy comic buying days where I would be going to the store dropping, like, 100 bucks just because I was like well, I gotta buy this book because I always buy this book. Mm-hmm. This is probably one that I'd be checking out and buying and reading. 
Yeah, just um, the whole like crucible kind of story where she's being tested. I just felt like was so played out. Like, oh, it's up oh, here. She is testing her senses. Here she is testing her speed. Here she, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, this is. I thought it was kind of played, and I'm like, uh, it's, yeah, okay, I I can see it's playing to that trope, but mm-hmm. on the plus side, just think like they did it all. Yeah, up front in, maybe. in one issue, like. They could have easily spaced this out with each issue being being a test. A test, like mm-hmm. the first one could have just been her talking to Clark in the coffee shop, and then mm-hmm. you get her abducted at the end of that, and that's the end of the issue. And then the next issue is like that first test. See, I like Clarion the Witch Boy a little better, you oh. know, with his. I know, I was, I think I was the lone one on that too. With I liked how his school was kind of set up where. You know, they they introduce the school a lot more uh, in that first issue, and this one it's like, oh nope, just a series of tests. That well, I I think you're going to be getting the introduction of the mm-hmm. school in the next one. Like right. you've you've seen the school now. Let's let's give you the tour. I think it's an interesting thing to do with Supergirl because she's not you know she's not on a Teen Titan, she's not a Justice Leaguer. She's not there's, even a good co- uh, coffee barista person. There's there's really no place to put her other than like Legion, mm-hmm. which which they they did, did. That, or they did yeah. that back in the original fifty two. And you know it, what other team book? So make a team book mm-hmm. around her. Um, and the characters were uh, the characters of the Crucible weren't that bad. Again, the character design I did enjoy. I liked them. Mm-hmm. I thought the the nose ring on the beast guy was a little too much. Yeah, he's the beast guy, yeah. <laughs> I'm nitpicky yeah, yeah. today. That's okay. Uh, but no, I mean, it, it's not a bad book. If you're interested in mm-hmm. that, if you're interested in something new or a team book and you're kind of sick of the other things going on, it's definitely worth picking up. Uh, I'm going to say this This surprised me. Um, when I saw that Paul, like, was he, you picked it for the list like a while ago. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, Paul's picking up Supergirl. Then like, when I saw we were doing it for the look back, I was like, okay, you know what, I'll check it out. This is one of those books that, you know, depending on what kind of week I'm having, if it's <laughs> a late week where I'm buying, like, two books and I see Supergirl 37 come out, I, I might pick it up just to be like, hey, you know what, I wouldn't mind reading this arc to see if this is a book that I want to read. Because every time I pick up Supergirl, it's just for one issue. And then I'm like, yeah, I dug it. Mm-hmm. So this this will be me... Me giving it that uh, bagging board try. All right. Now, now, what book did you think was the weakest, Chris? Honestly, I thought Wonder Woman was the weakest. I, I can understand that because uh, uh, let's go right into it. Wonder Woman is uh, now being done by uh, Fink. Wait, what's his name? I'm what? Sorry. What's his name? Uh, oh, well, it's being written by Meredith Finch. Finch, and Finch. It's yeah. being drawn by her husband, David Finch. Finch right. The Finches. Uh, and this is like this issue. I felt like, oh, this, we need to wrap up what happened in the awesome Wonder Woman run by Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, mostly. But also now tie her into, ju- you know, her Justice League role and also keep the things going on with the Amazons, like her own story. Yeah. So it's, it was like trying to find the new 52 place for Wonder Woman because the old book was basically a standalone. Yeah, it didn't fit into the new 52. At all. It it was Wonder Woman, it was Wonder Woman Vertigo. And what, 
hit me about this book is just that, like, we have Wonder Woman in a much more promontory role than we've had her before because we do have mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. We have Superman and Wonder Woman. We have her on the Justice League. We don't need one book where she's doing all three of those things. And this is what that it just becomes, becomes yeah. up so disjointed and weird. Like, we're, like I'm going to punch Swamp Thing in the face. I'm not going to ask him questions. And I was going to con- let Aquaman do that. Like, I, I was confused by whether or not, does she know who uh, who Swamp Thing is? Is, <laughs> it, is this the thing where she just doesn't know who this guy is? She did, refer, you know, she but called him a monster. I don't know if she did know who uh, But he then, was. like, they're in the ship and Aquaman's talking about it and Hector Holland, you know, Dr. Holland, and he's like, and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I should have, but I'm angry right now. I'm not focused. I'm being stretched too thin. It's like, okay, well, don't, don't be stretched too thin in your own book. Like, this is yeah. the book where you should... This is the book that the Superman, Justice League, that stuff should be backburner, shouldn't even be in this book. Mm-hmm. It should just be about the murder of her mother. Right. And, you know, they're, I think they wanted to touch upon... Everything. Everything just to say, like, no, this is the Wonder Woman that's current with all of this mm-hmm. stuff going on and the previous stuff. But I think, like, the next issue is going to be more with her just in the Amazon because that previous... They just wanted to show that she is in touch with everything else that's going on in the DCU. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that this being the big sale book for one Woman into the DC universe is kind of what hurts it because what it was for the first like justice or not justice league arc, I'm sorry, Wonder Woman arc by Cliff Chang and Brian Azrael was like, no, look how different Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is. And, and that's what hit it. And like Lexi and I went to a Barnes and Noble a couple weeks ago and I was like, I passed her the first Wonder Woman trade and she started flipping through it and she was like, wow, look at this. I was like, hell yeah, it's, it's great. This isn't, an issue or something that I'd be like, hey, if you want to check out Wonder Woman, yeah. read this because she's a passenger in her own book here. Right, right. This and feels the, it feels like a Justice League story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the coolest thing in this was actually seeing Swamp Thing show up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that was the part that made me like, oh, cool. And I'm not even a Swamp Thing fan. Oh, you're everybody's entitled to be wrong about some things. I, I know, and I do want to say no, it's nothing nothing against Swamp Thing, but it was like. That's what sold the book for me more mm-hmm. than actually it Wonder being Woman. Wonder Woman. Is like, oh, here's three pages of Swamp Thing showing up to investigate something, and that's it. Um, I really do like David Finch's art in this, though. Oh, really, she, I have a problem with you know going from the Cliff Chang character design of Diana. I will uh, say, yeah, to it's, I mean, the it's, live, it's a different artist. Like, I know. I mean, you can't. That's she, apples and oranges. She now has a tiny little button nose She's got again. A cute little nose. Instead of the more regal pronounced, like what you would think of a, as a Greek nose, you know? Or, yeah, but I mean, that's... Her I Greek mean, features are now gone, and she's just kind of, uh, you know, the standard Wonder you know, like the old school Wonder Woman that we've probably been getting in just like the whole time or something. So I will say he has softened up his artwork a little bit for it, but he draws the eyes really huge on people. Mm-hmm. Like the one page um, where yeah. she's talking to Aquaman, there's like a close up of Aquaman's face, and it's like his eyes are half of it. 
Like, Wonder Woman's eyes are huge. There's another panel where... It's her, like, her mother. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Or not, it's not it even her mother. It's some other Amazon. And it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell's going on with that woman's eyes? Like, is she in an anime? Like, did I jump into Sailor Moon? Yeah. No, I can see that with the eyes, but I still I still liked some of the art. Like his Aquaman looks good and like the um the scale thing looks really good. The scales on his Aquaman look like mm-hmm. real like just like wow, look at the scales on that dude. Like some of the stuff looks really good. Um the eyes didn't really bother me except for like in that beginning in the beginning where all of a sudden like that woman giving that speech has like those super bug eyes. But it, that didn't really bother me too much. I, I enjoyed the art in the book. No, I, I His honestly, cyborg looked pretty good, too. I was thinking that as I was reading it, too. I was like, you know what? For an artist who's really not to my taste, this is a little bit... This is going to sound bad, but better than I'm used to from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is more in line with um, what, you, what you typically would want to buy. Yeah. I mean, it is very yep. drastic. Uh, change from what you had with the Cliff Chang stuff, and they're just very different artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they used a little bit more muted color palette, like with the colors, like it might be a little, a little bit easier of a transition between arcs. Yeah, just but, the body shape and body style and the facial facial features are the ones the things that I, I was like, ah, well, all right, we're back to the old school Wonder Woman now. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, she's hanging out with the, you know, it just felt like, uh, yeah, we're now resetting it. And, yeah, I think you guys nailed it on the head where it felt more like a Justice League book or it felt like she was a secondary character in her own book, which shouldn't happen. Yeah, and honestly, reading this also made me be like, I really like Superman and Wonder Woman. Like, that book sold me. Like, first issue, I was like, wow. Yeah. I was surprised, and this one made me just be like, well, at least I have that Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chang, Wonder Woman mm-hmm. book to go back and look at, because there's three years worth of that. Yeah. Uh, now, let's go completely uh, off the dead end of things. Uh, let's go to Gotham by Midnight, and with Ben Templeton. Temple? Ten? Temple Art, Smith. Uh, Temple Smith yeah. art, and written by... Ray Fox. Ray Fox, who was doing... Uh, Constantine. Constantine and uh, Justice, Justice League Dark. Uh, this is a District 13. Uh, the the secret uh, police precinct, or precinct 13. The secret precinct that Jim Gordon was funneling money to uh, that has now come to the attention of the rest of the Gotham PD. Uh, this is a precinct where the cases that are outside the norm uh, fall onto. You know, the supernatural, the, the strange cases uh, that are handed off directly from Batman, apparently. Yeah. And we got, uh, most interesting, I think, is uh, Jim Corgan hanging yeah. out. And he is a specter, but he's, you know, uh, kind of slumming it as a... Playing the cop. Playing the cop role. Um, yeah, this, this is the book that when they announced, like, the new, I guess, series or batch whatever you want to call it, of the Batman family books. Mm-hmm. There's this, Arkham Manor, Gotham Academy. This is the one that I was kind of like, eh, I, I don't need to read that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about like when it was solicited, I was like, eh. I, what's, I the, 
I don't need to see that. But Every now time that I we read pin- it, I was okay. like, this is great. And it could be because I'm kind of in the mood for this more after um, what's been going on in Batman Eternal mm-hmm. and watching Gotham, where it's that procedural drama. Um, right. This reminded me a lot of uh, GCPD. Just or Go- Gotham Central. Go- Gotham Central, like, mixed with... Uh Constantine or mixed yeah. with... Well, the one uh, thing that we always said when we were pitching like ideas, oh, Martian Manhunter, what it should be is him as John Jones in disguise as a police officer, but then he's taking on these really weird cases that nobody else can solve, except for somebody that knows there's aliens from outer space. Yeah, someone who who also is a telepath with mm-hmm. superhuman strength and yeah. laser eyes. Now we're getting that, but inside of Gotham City with the Spectre and not Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I think we all kind of were wanting. Like, this this is filling uh this is filling a void that I was missing, and DC has filled it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of this is like one of those books that I buy a new number one from Image or Dark House or Dark Horse because I'm looking for a book like this. Uh, what Hellboy? And then he had the, BPRD. Is it a little like BPRD? Um, I think I this it's BPRD goes so grand and over the top, okay. where this is so much smaller, you know. But yeah, it's the couple of different people. You have three police officers, and then you have a scientist and a and nun. A nun. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a bad joke. Yeah, you know, and um, but it also like kind of like zombie, uh, zombie oh, yeah. from um, uh, back to back uh, milestone, which is uh. Which became John Rosam. Yep. Um, you know he. You know he had the nuns. He had the the uh, rabbi. Different people like that mm-hmm. working with these crew of kind of people who are into the mystic kind of things. And this made me kind of feel like that. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you know Ben Templesmith's art definitely fits. It's moody. Yeah. It's, it's dark. It's, it's Ben Templesmith art. I can't say much about it because it's Ben Templesmith art, yeah. and, and it his, seems his style, it's what he's been doing for years. So there's yeah. nothing that surprises me about like I, when I see his yeah. name on a book, I know exactly what it's going to look like. And it seems a lot less like it almost seems like him phoning in his own art. Like I mean, just like from going from um, what was that image book that I was picking Something up? Something Graham. Yeah, ten grand. grand. Ten grand. Ten grand was him really going gung ho with his art, mm-hmm. and this well, seems. Was... Sorry, not to go ahead. This I seems a lot, a lot less. Like you see it in the faces; it's very minimum going on. Well, you're also going from something that was created or owned with him and um, J. Michael Straczynski yeah. to doing a like company character. And, and with, when you're working with J. Michael Sersinski, you can basically guarantee that you're going to have time in between each book, each issue. So sometimes time you don't plan on. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a dig at a guy that has contact at beganbartergas.com if he wants to, you know, I'm sure. Uh, he gets busy. But, yeah, Ben Templesmith art is always something I look at and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to kind of read around it. Like because it doesn't, I never feel like it, it, the storytelling flows very well because it's more interested in setting the mood yeah. than storytelling. Um, yeah, I, I do. It, I Especially mean, with the characters that like that guy right there, no facial expressions, 
and uh, just wearing glasses. He's wearing so glasses and a mustache. You can't see his mouth. You can't see his eyes. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really do a facial expression. Yeah, exactly. So, like, everyone's always just or, sitting there, like, staring at something in the mm-hmm. panel. Or they're shocked and their mouths are a gap, you know, and it's, that's it. But most of the time, they're just closed mouths. Mm-hmm. The only thing that screwed me up was this scene in the car. Because okay. one second, the police officer's on... Yeah. He... He's on the left side of him, and then all of a sudden, or no, he's on the right, and then they're they're flipped and they're driving away, and they're not in the way they just were in the panel before. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yep. And it it just it really threw me off. But actually, the steering wheel. Looking, never... looking at it now, the the bald cop is looking through the car window at him. Mm. I got it now. He got out of the car. They walked over to the car. He he helps him into the driver's seat. I guess <laughs> it's like a date. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, really strange. But I really enjoyed this book. Paul, are you going to be picking up issue two? Uh, yeah. If it's a light week and I remember it, yeah. light week oh. you pick books up monthly. Yeah, I know. If it's a... <laughs> no, not not to like. So I should just pick up issue two no, myself. No, I'll, I'll I'll try to remember it. Not to completely throw a monkey wrench into the discussion, because I know Paul wants to uh, turn in. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we feel this one fits in with the rest of the new batch of Gotham books? Um, it's on its own, and I'm happy that it's going to be on its own. No, no, you can't, you can't say that. Like, I, I want a power ranking. Oh, you want a power ranking? I thought oh, you yeah. were asking where it fits in. So are we, we're like, talking Gotham Academy, Gotham Academy, Arkham Gotham Manor, Midnight, Arkham Manor, uh, and uh, what was the other one? Batgirl relaunch. Yeah, Batgirl kind of fits in with that, too. Because mm-hmm. it was part of that whole release. I really like the characterization of uh, Black Canary in Batgirl. She's so done with everything. I know. I just, <laughs> I just like how angry she is. Uh, so that goes pretty high. Uh, power rankings. I'm just going to put it out there. I, I thought the Gotham Academy is really fun. Uh, Gotham by Midnight, number two. Uh, Batgirl 3. And what was the other ones? Manor. Oh, Arkham Manor. So yeah, definitely last. I didn't really like Manor. I liked Manor a lot. I bought issue 2. Good. Um, out of out of those, the only issue 2 I've read is Arkham Manor. Hmm. Um, I'm going to put Gotham by Midnight, my number one, Arkham Manor, Batgirl, and Academy. Ooh. I liked Academy, but... I wouldn't pick up issue two. I downloaded issue two from Chris and still haven't read it. I, I still like playing that universe. Uh, not even universe, but that school, I guess. But um, it's not enough to make me put it over Batgirl because Batgirl is going to be my number one. Then Gotham Academy. Then Gotham by Midnight. Um, I mean, it's so different from everything else. Mm-hmm. But it just it needs to be like just turned up a little bit. It's like... Just tweak it a little bit, like turn that dial, and it could jump up. And then um, Arkham Manor, I, I read number two, and I enjoyed two more than I did one, but it's still just not enough to sell it to me. I, I'd rather see this as like a like an arc in Detective Comics or something else. I don't think it still needs to have its own series. Understandable, and like I said, I would probably. Once this story arc is over with Batman solving that crime in there, I don't know if I'll keep on it. But where it is right now, I do enjoy it. 
Now, the next book, Paul, you didn't read it. I did not. And uh, right now, Comixology had a network error, and it hung up on me, and it said I had to restart downloading it again. So. Uh-oh. I know. Well, because the next book we had was Spider-Verse number one, and this is actually an anthology book. And, Paul, I know you love the anthology books. And when I, I was do. reading, I was like, oh, Paul's going to dig this. Especially when I got to the one that takes place in the Hostess Snack Pie. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Oh, um, man. Oh, man. You done fucked yeah. up, sir. Yeah. It was it I was fun. Hosts. And this sets the story even a little bit more than uh, the Tales of the or Edge of the Spider-Verse books did that we've been uh, checking out every month. From over at Marvel, uh, because what we get is the Inheritors, who are a race of like power vampires. Uh, we've seen them before in Amazing Spider-Man with Morlin. Um, there's a bunch of them. He's got a whole like family slash clan, and they just travel from universe to universe, feeding on the Spider-Men of those universes. And they've all finally decided to team up and try to fight back. And what we get in this are some different tales of those Spider-Men, like what we had over with the Edge of the Spider-Verse books, except it's a little bit more condensed story-wise. And man, it was fun, and it made me excited to check out the actual Spider-Verse event. And, John, did you get a chance to read any of those other books? Um, like Amazing Spider-Man, uh, I think it's nine or eight and nine or nine and ten i can't remember the actual numbers um i don't i at this moment i don't remember um okay i think i i started one of them but i didn't have a chance to finish because i started on my break um because um, this was actually like an anthology not There's yeah i read nine here. issue nine um nine was good amazing spider-man 10 though it sold me on like the spider-verse event so much I've, that like I've, when they pop up i've already been sold uh, like oh. they they got oh. me. Well, when like you're going through you, uh, the you, next you, issue, and they have the editor's notes where it's like, "Hey, all the Spider-Men are breaking up into different teams. If you want to see what all the clone Spider-Men are doing, check out Scarlet Spider's number one. If you want to see Silk and Spider-Woman, check out Spider-Woman number one." I was like, "I kind of want to read that." Not I only see that book. Not What's only this team doing, I might want to buy that one. Uh, I've, I've I've been feeling the same way when I've seen them solicited. And not only that, I want all this stuff to stick around. Especially, like, some of the characters, like, the steampunk Lady Spider. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I was like, okay, I could read this for a while. It was so well done. Um, yeah, it was fun. And the one that kind of struck me the most was the, uh, oh, whatchamacallit, like, the Snack Pie Spider-Man. Because oh, I didn't really look into this book before i bought it i was just like okay you know what i like edge of spider-verse i'm looking forward to this event like i'll pick up the actual book and then when i saw it was a uh anthology i was like okay even better um the snacks yeah the snack pie one because it's only a panel too oh can i read it right now there you go it's it's really short. Um, John, are you giving it to him? Yeah, I yes. gave it to him. The Penelope one was good, too. But then the last page where it's the newspaper Spider-Man. Yeah, and it keeps resetting, and he's like, what? Yeah. You said that already. <laughs> it, that was really fun, because at first when I started reading, I was like, oh, it's old school. And then I had that moment where I go, it's the newsprint Spider-Man. 
I thought that yeah. was so great. It was so, it's so, it's, it's really a fun series. It's kind of what I want in my Spider-Man. Cause yeah. I get, I get really bogged down by the downtrodden Peter Parker, you know, Spider-Man. I like more of the action-y stuff. And if you give me these kind of like number ones or the Spider-Verse with the, with the, um, anthology stuff, I'm there, man. I'm there, and I don't mind seeing these guys pop up other places or even pop up again. Um, so much fun. Yeah, it's... This is what I've wanted from a Spider-Man book for a while now. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I keep you know, going back to it. I really enjoyed Superior Spider-Man when that was coming out. Um, getting to see Superior Spider-Man show up again in Amazing Spider-Man number 10 was great uh, because he's one of the Spider-Men that they bring in. Yeah. And it's a great dynamic actually seeing like the Doc Ock Spider-Man with the Peter Parker Spider-Man because we haven't had that. And it's, it, it sold it for me, not just for like this event, but those other titles that if, you know, I probably won't buy them right now and read them as they're coming out, well, but what, they what, go on sale or come out in like a trade. Let's yeah, let's, let's make this deal. You're buying the uh, the Spider Man and the Spider Verse books. Yep. Uh, I'll buy those other Spider Man books. Hey, if, I mean, if you we want to do that. I'm I am down for this. We're deal. we're both enjoying them. I'm enjoying your Spider Man books. So why don't we why don't we split the difference? That that sounds fair. Um, and we I mean we're already doing that with Batman Eternal. Thank yeah. you for picking up 33, by the way. Hey, I, I'm sorry. Like I said, I, you know what? I just, I've been busy. I haven't had no, 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 that's all right. Because, like, I usually am a day or two. Sometimes I'm a day or two off. But, like, I went to read 34, and I went, <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, wait a minute. And then I was like, yeah, oh, missed Chris one. missed it. And then I was, like, on the fence of buying it. And I was like, eh, maybe he just hasn't had a chance, the holiday and everything. Pretty much. I, I hope Paul's using this time to actually read... That yeah, he was. He, I did. I read the snack pie one. It's like the advertisements, like that you would get in, like almost the subway sandwich ones. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, because like yeah. old old comic books, they'd have the hostess pie, or even on the hostess pies, oh. they'd have like those Spider Man books oh, nice. or Spider Man like little comic strips. Nice, and I I enjoyed. The... And he even throws the hostess pies at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoyed the uh, the the. Uh, Newsprint Spider-Man, that was good. Where the and then the Spider Weaver is like, uh, I'm going to place it over in its own pocket dimension, where it will be safe forever from the Spider Verse. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. and and like even that the newspaper one, it's only two pages, but it seems like so much goes on in those panels. It's yeah, two to three panels each, and. Uh, it's basically over a week's worth of <laughs> publishing because it's it's eight it's eight of them. It's you eight never week, eight you nev- days. You never get, but you never get the Sunday panel because the Sunday panel would be in color. Like, yeah, and it had like four. I would have more. Um, what? But it's fun. Just so much fun. Yeah, and I mean, I know they are going to be doing more of the Spider Verse book, so I hope it's more of the same thing. Um, yeah. We didn't really talk about the Spider Clan one, which. I actually like to see because that was an actual Scott Young written and drawn book that oh. came out yeah years ago. So to see them come back was cool. 
Um, yeah. The Penelope one was pretty good, too. Yeah, it's a very different kind of more, like, that all-ages Spider-Man mm-hmm. book, where she's kind of just like that, oh, whoa, it's me, like, nobody likes me at school. I like but the uh, diagram I mean, she drew for herself, for, like, her outfit, and it's like, two, lunch two. bag, yeah. no, lunch bag, plus five to stealth, Uncle Ben's old hoodie, plus five, ten to armor. Plus five to grace for my my type of sneakers. Like I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, and even like when she draw, when she creates her Spider Man Spider Woman yeah. uniform, you know, it's you know, tutu failed ballet class, leg warmers failed gymnastics class. You know, it mm-hmm. it it's definitely had fun to it. Um, definitely definitely enjoying all the Spider Verse stuff. Um, when Is that people, right, right, man? Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Um, but when people ask me like, "Oh, what, what are you reading? What's new?" and I'm, a, I say, the Spider-Man stuff right now is really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's great. So, I'm glad this is one of the things that's coming out now, and I'm glad I'm able to pick it up because uh, I rate and review this highly. Definitely. Oh. Um, and <laughs> yeah, like we hope. Ball. Yes, we hope you rate and review us. Over on iTunes, uh, spread the word, spread the Bagged and Boardcast uh, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah, yeah. We want <laughs> bonanza. Them. Bonanza. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does. I was looking for a B, <laughs> B celebration word, and I come up with bar mitzvah first. Bar mitzvah, because it's a celebration that begins with B. But hey. no, bonanzas, bonanza. Uh, if you want to support the Bagged and Board bees. Is that our, like, ladies softball team? What is that? <laughs> it's the Megan Board Bees. The Megan Board Bees. We are bar mitzvah planners. <laughs> We're an inline skating uh, hockey team. That's an inline skate. I need to bulk up for that, though. I do. Oh, oh fun time. <laughs> okay. iTunes, check out our brand new, like, Fully realized website, bagnaboardcast.com or, or bagnaboard.com. Same, both of the, both URLs get you the same Bagnaboardcast channel. So wow. two websites, same content. Like, yeah, same place. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Um, you know, you pick, look, download all our old episodes. Yeah, I'm I'm off tomorrow. Uh, I plan on typing up a review of Big Hero Six because I saw that like two weeks ago now, and I really liked it and haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Mm. So uh, that's gonna be there. Hmm. So you're taking it to the max. The Baymax. The Baymax, yep. All right, and uh, that wraps us up. Yeah. Uh, email us, you know, contact at baggingboardcast.com. Go to baggingboard.com. Make sure you uh, click on our advertiser links because, hey, we like doing this show. We want you to enjoy it, too, so give us money. So <laughs> Save money for yourself, and in turn, the stores give us money. Find us over on Facebook. Let us know what books you read in November. Let us know what you thought of the books we reviewed for November. Yeah, and if there's uh, something you want us to check out, hey, let us know over on the Facebook or contact com because we will check it out. And uh, we will be reading Rat Queen number one. It's our trade and policy for uh, next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, see if that sale is still going on over on Comixology because I picked it up for four ninety nine. Um, and, uh, thank you for our listener for, uh, letting us know that we should read that.